0: Torn.
1: We are here today for you and you alone. We give you worship, we give you everything that we have. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Why don't you guys have a seat?
2: And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Uh, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church, that's what it is, right? That's what, you know, anybody here go to a hand-raising church, Am I here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? Some of you are trying, you're like, I can't. I want to, I need to get some momentum. Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to hand raising church, you wanna go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you gotta join right in, okay? Start slow. We got a lot of different hand raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand raises. So I'm gonna walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking. Start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle, get warmed up, get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one, ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV, that's our first one, very subtle. Go to big screen, big screen, a little wider. Next one's, my fish was this big, my fish was this big. If you're a liar, you go out there, that's fine, don't worry about it. Jesus Loves You, Grace. Next one's Hold My Baby, Hold My Baby. Got Dueling Light Bulbs, that's our next one, Dueling Light Bulbs. Got Goal Post, everybody knows Goal Post. Throw in a Heartburn, a lot of people like to do Heartburn. Double Heartburn, right back to Goal Post. What's my favorite? Mufasa, Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five, press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window, wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go,
3: there's your big three. You're set. So where are you guys? How many of you guys are kind of like hands in your pockets? Maybe even hands in your pockets with a disapproving glare, right? And maybe some of you guys are kind of like in the middle, you're part of the hold my baby collective, right? And you don't mind if God sees you raising your hands a little bit, but you really don't want anybody else to notice much and Some of you guys, I suspect, you're pretty much all in, right? Either goalposts or even Mufasa, right,
1: Steve? The question is, does it really, really matter? You know, we've been uh, talking about this for, I don't know, since I've been here, and I know you guys have been dealing with this well before I even uh, was at this church, but is this, the Mufasa, is it more God-honoring than, you know, Doc's hands in the pockets? I mean, we're all very, very different, and it's okay that we're different. Doc is definitely more of a hands-in-the-pocket type of fella, and I'm not necessarily a Mufasa guy. I mean, it'd be cool to do that, I guess, but I'm more of a high-five kind of dude. But the real question is, what do you think? What do you think God thinks of our body language in this place, outside of this place here? What does he think when we worship? Because it's not really about what you think, right? It's not what, uh, about what Doc thinks. It's not about what I think. What do you think God really wants to see out of each of you?
3: See, here's the problem, guys. Did you know that we tend to communicate way more with our body language than we do with our words? I mean, guys who study this stuff will tell you that about 7% of what you want to communicate comes through your words, about 38% through the tone of your voice, and about 55% through your body language. So it's not just about what you say, it's about how you say it. It's one of the reasons I refuse to carry on a serious conversation on texting or email because I can't hear the tone of your voice, I can't see your eyes, I can't read your body language.
1: So I want to ask again, what do you think you look like when you worship? What do your kids see? What do your friends, your neighbors think when they watch you in this room? What do you think you look like to us? We're, we're watching you up on this stage as well as we try to lead you in worship. Are you one of those who really makes it easy for us? I mean, there are many of you that are just really all in and excited and stuff. There's many of you that are just, I don't know, I dare you. I dare you to lead me. I, I, I really double-dog dare you to lead I'm like, there's just some animosity there. Most importantly though, what do you think God sees when you're in this room? Because honestly, you're not able to fool God.
3: Guys, we're going to start a, a new series this morning. Last fall, we talked about what we believe as Jesus followers. What are the basics? What are our core beliefs? We talked about things like this. We believe in a big G God, the God who revealed himself to us in and through Jesus. God is eternal God who can do anything doable, a God who knows everything knowable, a God who is perfectly good and yet still loves us, which is huge. We believe that we human beings were created special. We were created in the image of God. In other words, we were created to do life with God. That's our purpose. And instead, we used our freedom to push God away. We made a mess. We can't fix the mess we made. So we believe that God sent his son, Jesus, into our world to save us from our sin. And we believe that when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, it's actually kind of like God adopts us into his own family, which is so cool. And now we believe that our mission on this earth is to grow the family of God and to drag each other to heaven, right? That was all all last fall.
1: And then what we're doing now is we're starting off a brand new series. Uh, It's uh, called Skill Set. Now, I know John last week called it praxis. We've given him a hard time for it because that's not what it's called. But he's messed up. It's okay. We, we give him grace. But here, what it's actually called is skill set. You guys will be able to hear that for the next few weeks. But it's about what Jesus followers do because we are Jesus followers. There are some things that we do that look a little weird, a little different. And we know that because it looks weird to those who are not Jesus followers. But they are vastly important to us. Because we are supposed to and we are very, very different. Now, for example, we get together to worship God uh, on the first day of every week. It's something that we make sure that all of us are doing. We, we, if you miss, it should be something that you're really, you really are missing. See, we also, we pray, we read the Bible, we connect with each other. We connect with other Jesus followers outside of this church. And we look for ways all the time to serve our God and to serve each other. We are also looking ways to nudge people toward Jesus Christ because we actually believe that eternity, listen to this, eternity is at stake when we do all of these things. We live differently because we're supposed to be Jesus followers.
3: So this morning, guys, we're going to kick off this new series. We're going to kick it off by talking about worship, which I believe is the single most important thing we do in this world as Jesus followers. Do you buy that? It's what we believe. And we think worship is is about way more than just sitting in this room as an observer on a Sunday morning. Listen guys, we're here to worship God simply because He is worth it. We're not up here to attract crowd, put on a show to give some very talented people an opportunity to use their gifts. We're not here to recruit some people who are willing to serve with us or to even improve the morale of this church family. We're not even here primarily to heal marriages, heal families, reach the lost, or teach you the ways of God. Although if we worship well, all of that will happen. We are here first. We are here primarily to give God the honor and the praise he deserves. We are here to worship God. This isn't about checking off a to-do list. Sang a couple of songs, heard a sermon, took the Lord's Supper. I guess I'm okay for the rest of the week. And this is not about manipulating God. Maybe if I can scratch his back in here, maybe he'll scratch my back out there. This is about giving God the honor and the praise he deserves. And I'm going to tell you guys, that's hard to do sometimes for me. It's hard for me to worship. And I'm a pastor. I mean, i confess, sometimes in this room it is very difficult for me to worship because when I come into this room, I'm on the job. I'm thinking about what's working and what's not working, what we need to fix. I'm thinking about things like what I'm going to talk about. I'm thinking about my own to-do list, thinking about the people I just talked with. Or sometimes in this room I kind of forget about God. I forget about worshiping God.
1: I'm the same exact way. I mean, I, as the worship leader, as the worship minister, and as a pastor, my job is you know, in a variety of places, on the stage and in the tech booth, out in the lobby and talking to people. And I struggle all the time to make sure that my focus is where it needs to be. Doc and I literally just, we're not just like making this up. We just talked about this right before the service. Because there's so many things that are on our hearts and our minds that we want to make sure get accomplished because we have purposes and jobs here. But we struggle to be able to really put our attention where God wants us to have it. And we understand that's something we need to make sure we we fix too. And we know that a lot of you guys also struggle to worship in this room. And it's for a bunch of reasons, a lot of reasons. We understand what they are. Sometimes you're mad. Sometimes you're just frazzled because you had a fight with your kids out in the lobby, or you had a fight with the kids trying to get them into this place. And it's hard to refocus on God. Sometimes you're just really, really tired. You stayed out too late the night before. you were too busy. You had to stay up for, for, a, for a good reason or a bad reason. And you're just struggling to stay awake. Maybe you're thinking about lunch right after this. Well, maybe a little early, maybe brunch. I don't know, <laughs> but you think about lunch right afterwards or you got a game that you want to get to and whatever you want to do when you get uh, done with this service when you go to it. Sometimes you just don't connect with what we're doing up here. You're like, I don't like that song. I don't like what Doc's wearing. I don't, you know, there's, there might be a variety of things that you dislike. <laughs> I love what you're wearing, by the way. (laughs) Something that Doc might say that just, you know, it it rubs you the wrong way, doesn't hit home, or your mind starts to drift and you want to get back to your candy crush, whatever it is that you do. And some of you, you guys come here specifically to be a critic. You come here specifically uh, to not be a worshiper. And if you're looking for something to criticize about what we do, you will find it every week. Every week, because we mess up a lot. We have things that you might not like every week. And the truth is, we cannot make you worship. We can't. We can't worship for you either. Our job is to do our best to create an experience where you can give God the honor and the praise that he deserves. Our job is to try to help you focus on God alone because focusing on God puts everything else into perspective in our lives.
3: It really does. You know what the word worship actually means I mean way back in early English it was spelled oddly I don't know how you would pronounce it the word worship but it actually means that God is worthy he's worthy he's worthy of our worship recognizing the worthiness of God do you believe that God is worthy of your worship in the New Testament the biggest word for worship is a Greek word proskuneo proskuneo goes way deeper than singing a song or praying a prayer or listening to a sermon. It actually means that you're going to kneel before God. If you're going to talk about the motions, the body language of worship, here it is. It's a kneeling before God. In fact, if you can, if you are willing, for just a moment, go to your knees. This is the posture of worship. And proskuneo means to to kneel sometimes even to fall on your face. Back then, they would actually kiss the hem of someone's garment, or they'd kiss the ground, or they'd kiss the feet of that person. Worship is about surrender, guys. If you are not surrendering, you're not worshiping. It's about honoring, revering, surrendering, blessing to our God. Yeah. As we're
1: on the, uh, the ground here, I'm going to tell you one of, my fa- one of our favorite things that we like to do is talk about the goofiness of the uh, Avengers movie right so uh, Avengers movies any of the MCU type of stuff and one of the things that we really like is this guy here on the right this is Loki he's kind of an anti-hero he considers himself a god but he's also very petty he also makes a lot of dumb mistakes and in this scene in particular uh, Loki's telling everybody that he is a god in the midst of them and he says I want y'all to kneel they all just kind of sit there and he says again I said kneel and so they all do it Obviously cowed and scared by love, so except for this one man. This one man up here who just says, I don't, I don't I'm not going to kneel before you. I don't meet and kneel before men like you. And the reason why is because kneeling is an act of surrender. It is something that we're experiencing right now. Maybe your knees are hurting a little bit too, and you're kind of surrendering your, your own comfort. I want you guys to stand back up again so you don't have to be on that anymore.
3: If you understand that, it makes a scene in the book of Revelation comes clear. The Apostle John has a vision of heaven, and the Apostle John sees an angel, and John does what most of us would do if we actually encountered a real angel. He fell onto his knees, and he started proskuneoing, worshiping this angel, and the angel said what an angel ought to say, stop it, worship only God, only worship God, how cool is that? And don't miss the angel's point. He doesn't say, if you're going to worship something, make sure you worship God. It's a command. It's an imperative. It's not optional for us. He said, do it. Worship God. If you're going to worship with a big W, you need to make sure that you're worshiping the big G God, right? The God who's revealed to us in and through Jesus. If you really encounter the big G God... You're going to do some big W worshiping. Mm
1: -hmm. Because sometimes every one of us has worshipped the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. There are some moms in here and some dads who worship their kids. Again, little W. They worship their kids, hopefully. Making their kids happy is more important to them than making God happy. And there are some dads and some ladies in this place who actually worship their job. Some guys put their work higher than God. We call that a really tough word. It's idolatry. It's putting an idol in front of God instead of him. Is there anything, is there anyone for whom you would compromise your surrender to Jesus Christ? Maybe for some of you, it's a relationship that's above God. Maybe for some of you, it's money. Maybe for some of you, it's your body, sex. Some of you might think that it's your reputation that's higher than God.
3: Listen, guys, I I hope this is not incorrect. I hope it's God-honoring. I don't think God minds if we little w worship little g gods. Bottom line, I don't think he cares if you paint your face blue and white when the cats play. I don't think he minds. I don't think he cares if you adore your kids, your spouse, your stuff. I don't think God cares at all if you're crazy about bacon. It means that you have some touch with reality, right? Amen. 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 God created so much that is beautiful and good. And God wants you to enjoy the beauty and the goodness that he surrounds you with. What ticks him off is when any of that stuff becomes more important to him, to us, than he is. Than doing life with him, for him, his way. What ticks him off is when we start compromising our surrender to God for anything else that we would put higher. You're going to little w worship a lot of stuff. I hope I don't care. It's fine. It's fine. But reserve your big W worship for the big G God.
1: That is what this morning and every morning that we come together as Cap City is all about. Our job is to get you ready to honor, revere, praise, bless, and surrender yourself again to the big G God. But here's the deal. It has to come from your heart. Jesus has warned us about this a couple times in the scriptures, and it's because it's so serious. Jesus says in Matthew 15, these people, they honor me with their words, but their heart is really far away from me. And the message puts it a little bit differently. These people, they make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. They act like they're worshiping me, but they don't mean it. I don't want that to be us. I don't want that to be Capital City. Because God already knows. You can't fool him. You can fool us, you can fool everybody else around you, but you cannot fool him. He's not just listening to your words, and he's not even just listening to the tone of your voice. He's not just watching your body language. He's listening to your actual heart. And so I'm going to ask you, like I do every morning, will you genuinely worship him this morning?
3: So one of the things that Steve and I are going to do this morning is we're going to give you a little bit of an explanation of some of the things that we do in worship here at Capital City. We're going to start with praise. We praise God here at Cap City. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever raised your hands in praise maybe at a ball game? Right? Kind of like what you see up there, right? I mean, you can read the body language, right? These guys are excited. Have you ever raised your hands in praise maybe at a concert for a song that's being sung? I mean, you you can read it in the body language, right? Or maybe at a party or Maybe when you hear some great news, you're excited, or maybe your guy won the election. And just put your hands in the air for just a moment, if you would, please. I know it's hard for some of you guys. <laughs> you
1: kneeled. You can do
3: have this you <laughs> ever praised God this way? Even if your hands are not up physically, have you ever been like this on your inside, in your heart? Even if your hands are in your pockets, are your hands raised to God?
1: One of the big words that we see in the Bible, word for worship, is hallelujah. We've sung it in some of the songs that we've, uh, we've done here, and we'll do it again today. But do you even know what that word means? Do you say it when you see it up there on the screen? The word hallel, it simply means to praise or to even shout praise right? because it's not a quiet word. And sometimes our, our praise, often our praise is not a quiet time. Most of the praise in the Bible is pretty loud. Now the lu that you see, hallelu, makes it an imperative. So this is not just something that is suggested, it is a, a command. You guys praise, go and do it. And the yah at the end, it's who we're supposed to pray. That's the word for God. So you guys go praise God. Hallelujah, praise God. So this is something you need to do.
3: Now here's the deal, and you need to understand this. This is, this is big. God does not need our praise. God is not vain, and God is not insecure, and God does not crave our praise. You've seen people crave praise. I mean, when our kids are little, right, they crave our praise. A kid will look at you and say, look at me, Mom, look at me, Daddy, right, because they're hungering for your praise. Even as your kids grow older, even as we grow older, we still strive for strokes like that. We hunger for that kind of stuff. God's not like that. God doesn't need our praise. God is self-sufficient. He's God. But we need to praise. If we don't praise, something is broken. If you're not praising God, something is broken. Did you know that healthy people praise, unhealthy people don't? Unhealthy people nitpick, criticize, and look for reasons to complain.
1: That's right. Healthy people... They praise things that are good and they praise things that are beautiful. If a man sees a beautiful woman, she's beautiful inside or out, the appropriate response is, wow, God, you did great. The beauty of someone who's very young, someone who's very old, if that beauty does not move you, there's something that's broken within you. A beautiful piece of music. Sometimes I've watched this happen, like beautiful music will happen in some type of room, but Doc's allergies start acting up a little bit and he starts doing that. I guess it gets really dusty in the room and stuff but it's a good thing. Beautiful story, an act of courage, an act of compassion. The appropriate response is always praise. You see, God gave us the capacity to be stirred by what is good. He gave us the capacity to be stirred by what is beautiful and what is noble. And then he surrounds us with those things. He surrounds us with good and he surrounds us with beautiful and with noble because healthy people, they praise. Unhealthy people, they will nitpick, and they will criticize, and they will always look for reasons to complain. So the question is, do you believe that God is good, that God is beautiful and noble and gives those things?
3: See, guys, a lot of people keep God at a distance, and if you keep God at a distance, he may not seem praiseworthy to you. Because if you keep God at a distance, it's easy to pretend that he's small, (laughs) right? But the closer you get to God, the bigger he gets, The closer you get to God, the more you sense His power, and His holiness, and His wisdom, and His grace. And the only legitimate, the only healthy response to a clear picture of God is worship. It's praise. When you are praising God, you are acknowledging His worthiness. When you are praising God, you're demonstrating that you understand reality. You understand who you are, who he is, and what he's done for you.
1: So when you look around at this room, you see a variety of people. They're all different kinds, and that's awesome. You know, people who like different kinds of things, including different types of music performed in different kinds of ways. And we try to use music here that will connect with you, if it's even different for different types of people. But the bottom line is, and I'm going to say this, and I will probably say this until my dying day, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about Doc. It's not about anybody else. It's not even about, it's not what you like. It's not about what I like. It's about giving God the honor and the praise that he deserves. I will say that again, and I will say it till I die. It's about everything that we do in here, everything that we are, is about giving God praise and honor. Because worship should be radically, undeniably God-centered. It's not about how well I can sing or play or how well Doc preaches. It's not about anything else that we do. Our job is to create a place where all of you, every 100% of you, can engage with God, can honor God, because he promises to be in this room right now.
3: Remember, guys, God doesn't need our worship, but we do need to worship him. Like the angel said, worship God. Do it. And I'm telling you guys that genuine worship of God will break your self-absorption. Genuine worship of God will break your self-pity. Genuine worship of the big G God will break your obsession over so many of your little G gods. Because worshiping God puts life back into perspective. And if you think about it, the whole idea that God would care about our worship, though he doesn't need it, that he loves us so much that he wants us to engage with an infinitely awesome, amazingly gracious God, it's stunning. stunning. So guys, let's give God the honor and the praise he deserves. Let's stand. For the most part, that's a great song, isn't it? It's got one line in it I hope is not true. It says, we're going to sing forever. (sighs) I hope that's metaphorical, right? Because a song that lasts forever would be horrible. I hope it means that we're going to do life with God, for God, God's way forever. The very best life possible. Anyway, worship is not just about praise. And worship is not just loud. In fact, sometimes worship is exactly the opposite. Sometimes be still, shh, and know that I'm God, the Bible says. Sometimes worship is about having a conversation with God. And that means you do some talking, and sometimes you just get quiet and sense His presence. And so sometimes in our worship services, we pray. And if praise, and I mean worship is about falling on our knees, if the essence of that is surrender. If praise is about raising our hands, at least metaphorically. Perhaps prayer is about been bowing your head and closing your eyes. And I know that you don't have to bow your head to pray. And you don't have to close your eyes to pray. But prayer is about focusing on the presence of God. Which means that you try to still the other things that are competing for your attention. Prayer is about talking to, and even more, listening to God.
1: Yeah, there are a couple ideas here at play, maybe even more than that, but they capture the wonder and the mystery of prayer. See, the Bible tells us a, a weird word. It tells us to, to fear God. It's very weird to think that we have to fear someone who is supposed to be so loving and wonderful. But when it tells us to fear God, it doesn't mean that we should be afraid of him like he's out of control or something, especially when we're a part of his family. If you're giving him a hard time or you're ignoring him or you're going against him, that's a whole different thing. You can actually fear him for that. But being fearful in this sense means you're, you're standing in awe. It means that you are revering God. It's reverence. See, guys, any man, any woman, any person who encounters the real God Will truly melt inside. Because to stand in the presence of someone who is infinitely powerful, perfectly holy, it really ought to scare, as Doc was saying, the jiggers out of here, you. Know.
3: And yet there's something else that you sense when you're in the presence of the real God. Jesus told us to call God Abba, which means dad or daddy. I mean, this infinitely powered powerful and this perfectly holy God, Abba tells you that he loves you. He mm-hmm. wants to do life with you, go figure. He wants you to perceive him as kind of like the perfect dad. And that's part of the magic of prayer. Big G God wants you to talk to him and he wants you to listen to him.
1: So Jesus will say this, when you pray, it's not an if question. Well, if you decide to pray, when you pray, pray something like this, our Father, Abba in heaven, may your holy name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we forgive the wrongs that others have done to us. Do not bring us to hard testing, but keep us safe from the evil one.
3: Now, there are a whole lot of different things that just reflected in that prayer, a lot of things that we can do in prayer. In fact, next week, Ben is going to be up here and teach you about how to pray, I hope you come back and listen to that. This morning, we're going to focus on two parts of prayer. First, we're just going to get quiet. We're going to be still and recognize that he really is God. And then we're going to give him some thanks because God deserves it. So if you would, not because you have to, but if you would, bow your heads, close your eyes, and spend the next few moments with God. Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to Thee, because I'm prone to wander, Lord. I I feel it. I'm prone to leave the God I love. So here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for Thy courts above.
4: Come, Thou fount of every blessing,
3: to my heart
4: You. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor Daily I'm constrained to be Let thy good
3: Guys, every Sunday here at Capital City, we get up from our chairs and go around to these worship stations that are around the room. We do that intentionally because worship is active, not passive. And there at these worship stations, we do two acts of worship. They are both acts of worship. And Jesus' followers have been doing these two acts of worship every single Lord's Day for the last 2,000 years. We give thanks for what Jesus has done for us. And then we give our first part back to him. To acknowledge that everything we are, everything we have is actually his. If you're looking at the body language of these two acts of worship, maybe you can picture what we do at these worship stations with these two things. We receive from our God. And then we give back. Would you do that with me for just a moment? I know. We receive at the tables what God gives us. And then we give our first part back.
1: I've seen churches where they do this pretty often. Maybe you've seen it in movies or something too, but that the worship will go to the, the front and they'll have their hands open to receive the bread from the minister or the priest. And that kind of pictures what the Lord's Supper is all about. We come to this table with open hands to receive what Jesus did for us on the cross, to receive God's forgiveness, to receive his grace, to receive the life that he offers each of us. And then we give our first part back to God. It's just not this way to support the work of the church. It's an act of worship. It's our way of telling God that we know. We know that everything that we have is really all his. Giving our first back to God is an act of worship. It's an act of gratitude. So I'd like you guys to stand on up. Let's go to the tables with those things in mind.
4: Yeah. you.
3: Guys, there's one more piece to this worship that we want to talk about this morning. This is a really, really big piece. Because listen, what you do in this room won't matter a bit to God if you're not backing it up by how you're living out there. God will not honor your worship in here if you're dissing him out there. The Bible's clear on that. In fact, if you're not trying to do life with God, for God, God's way out there, you're probably better better off not coming in here and playing games with God. There has to be some coherence between what you do here and how you live out there. And believe it or not, doing life with God, for God, God's way out there is itself worship. We don't just worship in this room. We worship God every single day.
1: My favorite verses in uh, scripture that I hang on to is uh, from uh, the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans. And it kind of spells out this entire thing. The NIV uh, puts it like this in Romans 12. I urge you brothers, in view of God's um, mercy, to offer your bodies, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. See, this is true and proper worship. And he's not just talking, and he's not, he's not just talking about Sundays. I love the way that the message puts it, Paul says here, here's what I want you to do, God helping you, take your everyday, everyday life, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. See that, that's worship. Worship, it, it, it's, it's taking your everyday life, your ordinary life, not just your getting yourself gussied up for Sunday morning life, right? It's the sleeping, the eating, the going to work and walking around life, and you offer that to God. If you can do that, then what we do in here, it won't matter to
3: God. And here's what you need to understand. This is huge. Your worship in here, backed by your worship out there, will be your most powerful witness to people who flat out need God because they're watching us, guys especially when we try to do life with God. And when they see you worshiping God in here, and they're going to know, and they see you backing it up by living a God-honoring life out there, there is nothing that you can say and there is nothing that you can do that will be a more powerful pointer to Jesus.
1: We told you earlier that we're watching you. I mean, now we're not going to judge you or anything like that. We want you to, to get this, right? But people around you are, are always watching you. Everybody in your life is watching you in some way, especially if you profess to be a Christian. Your classmates and your colleagues, they're watching you. Your friends, your kids, they're watching you. If you're a parent, there's absolutely nothing more important to being a parent than showing your kids that you put God first, that you worship God first both in here and out there.
3: In fact, guys, that's one of the reasons that we really do stress multi-generational worship here at Cap City. Here in this room, we want kids and parents and grandparents sitting side by side. And to accomplish that, we have to create some worship experiences that target our kids, some that target parents, some that target grandparents, which means that a lot of what we do in here, you're not going to like, right? But I hope when we target your kids, you grandparents and parents will love it if you see your kids connect with God. And I hope you kids will love it when they see you connecting with God, with those parts of the service that are directed towards you. And I hope that all of us can remember, guys, it's not about us. Worship is about honoring and praising our God.
1: We want you to make sure you know what worship is about. We want you to remember this. We are here to worship our God because he's worth it. We give him the worth he's deserved. We're not up here to attract crowds. We're not up here to put on a show. We're not up here to give some very talented people an opportunity to use their gifts. We're not up here to recruit more people who are willing to serve or to improve the morale of the church family. We're not even here to heal marriages or heal families. We're not here to reach the lost, in this particular reason, to teach you the ways of God. Although, if we worship well, all those things will happen. All of those things will happen. We're here first, we're here primarily to give God the honor and the praise he deserves. We are here to worship.
3: See, guys, this what we do here this morning is not about checking off a to-do list. I and mean, I sang a couple of songs and I heard a sermon, took the Lord's Supper, I guess I'm fine for the week. And what we do here is not about manipulating God. Maybe if I come in here and scratch his back for a while, maybe he'll scratch my back out there for a while. Worship is about giving God the honor and and the praise he deserves. I know we're all different, God made us different. But in this place together, we put first things first. We worship together. We worship the same God together. So let's do that. Stand. <laughs>
1: same God. It's scripture. We believe that you're here. So we give you worship, Lord. We give you everything that we have. We honor. We bless you. We praise you. We surrender to
4: you. You free the captives then. You're freeing hearts right now. You are the same God. You are the same God, you touched the lepers then, I feel your touch right now. You are the same God, you are the same God. Father, we believe that you are here. I want to give you everything that we
1: have. Hold nothing back this is what our surrender looks like to you not just these moments that we are here together but our everyday life our walking around life our sleeping and eating life we ask that your spirit will come and fill us right now
4: i'm calling on the holy spirit almighty river come and fill Come and feel me again. Let's pray this to God now. Right? Come and feel me again.
5: Hey, you guys can have a seat. I, uh, man, I love that service, man. That was really cool. Uh, I've been in church my whole life. I've sat through worship services my whole life. I've preached on worship. And I am so very grateful for what we just did, um, how it walked us through it. And especially Steve, you participating in that. I really appreciate that. That was really good. Uh, There's a few things that we want to run through real quick just before we uh, walk out of here, just some things that we need to know as a family. Starting with this, we're we're doing a, a little time right after the service called Getting Started, specifically with Jesus. Maybe you're new to church, maybe you've got some questions, we're talking about what it means to follow Jesus, we're talking about baptism, we're talking about all these different things of what it looks like, and maybe you just have questions because you don't understand even what we're talking about. And if that's the case, uh, just right after, like as soon as we're done here, when you walk out these doors off to your left, there's a connections room, I'm going to be in there, I'm going to have to like run past you all to get there, but I'm going to be in there. And if you've got questions, we can have those conversations, walk you through what it looks like to get started, to start your life with Jesus and a relationship with him. And that will be a great opportunity. Uh, We'll be doing that, again, right now or after service. If you get caught up or whatever else, just catch me afterwards. It's not right away. I'll be hanging around. Just come grab me. We'll have those conversations. Uh, Starting today as well, right after this service, we're offering a, a class time uh, that is following this sermon series. This, these 10 weeks that we started today on worship is all very practical, very basic, just walking through what it is that we do as, as uh, followers of Jesus. Next week, as, as Doc said, we're gonna be talking about prayer, just basic fundamentals of how to do these things. If you want to go a little bit further in depth, Uh, We have two opportunities for that. One is right after the first service for the next 10 weeks, we've got a guy named Andrew Nelly who will be up on the third floor, room 300, where he'll be teaching more in-depth on these things. So this morning, he'll be talking about worship. If you've got more questions or or you're looking for a little bit more, go check that out. Uh, But we'd encourage you to to go participate in that. Uh, Also, starting on Wednesday nights, we're starting up our groups again. And so Doc and I will be doing a similar thing looking Uh, at each of these uh, things that we're talking about through the sermon series, but there's all sorts of other things that are probably more interesting to you. And so you should come and participate in them as well, all right? And so we've got our classes or our our dinners at 5.30. We've got some support groups that start at 6. We have classes that start at 6.30 in or around your chair, there should be a piece of paper that has all that listed out as far as what we have going on on Sunday mornings, what we have going on on Wednesday nights, opportunities for us to just plug in, grow, and learn what it is, just more and more of what it means to follow our Jesus, all right? So that's everything that's kind of going on, and now you need to leave. So we'll see you next week.